We were actually on a weather central because of the storm coming in. We had known for about a week that this storm was going to hit. We had been hit by other storms, Floyd in particular, but never did any water ever come close to our facility. It was in the parking lot. We had to move all the vehicles out, but we had never had water past the island in the parking lot as long as I've been here for like 35 years. We were in the weather central mode. We were on the air. At that time, I was telling the people about some of the things about where you could park your cars and this type of thing. I was working with uh, Eugene Kabliska. He was the uh, person who was actually switching the cameras and things. I looked in the doorway and I saw this look like a puddle of water coming by the doorway. I said to Eugene, over the air, I said, Eugene, could you check the hallway? Before he even got a chance to do that, uh, one of the young firemen came in and said, Mr. Davenport, uh, you have about 15 to maybe 17 minutes before you're going to have to leave here because the water is just about to breach the doors. So uh, we turned everything down, uh, shut the studio off, and started taking as much of the portable stuff out of here as quickly as possible. And this water had everything in it. We weren't back in this room for almost... It was about three to four weeks before we were able to get back in this room again. The water came up about 29 inches, and that doesn't sound like very deep, but in our case, it was extremely deep, not just because of the depth of the water, but because of the contents of the water. Everything that we had, curtains, our set material, all the things that we had accumulated over the 20 years of our operation virtually disappeared into a dumpster. And it just wasn't the water height. As they were coming in here to take the water out, they brought huge tubes of 70, 80 mile an hour wind that was blown into these areas to keep mold from developing. That dried everything out and turned this muck into dust. And it blew that dust into every corner of this room. When we walked in and saw this and knew that the only thing we could save was the lighting grid, <laughs> it was kind of a shock, but we had just renovated the control room of TV35, it had taken us about two months of coming almost every night and tearing the whole studio apart first and then rewiring everything. But we did get back on the air a day later. While the floods were still here, we were taking pictures right at the front of the building. We put those pictures, uh, Eugene put them right onto YouTube, and surprisingly enough, within four or five days of us putting it on YouTube, we had over 29,000 hits. Tell me a little bit about the programming that is on TV35 and some of the things that you would like to do. We do approximately 70 meetings for the township. That's the core of the productions from the township's point of view. In addition to that, we do all the weather central work, which is the anytime there's a storm or anything. We're down here um, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, putting on um, information on the on the bulletin board. In addition to that, we do a lot of the sports for the high school. We love to do the live parades when people can watch out there, see the children right there. Just uh, did a show from Westfield, and normally we don't go out of Cranford, but this was uh, three of Cranford's uh, middle schools had gotten into this health bee, and there were eight teams, and three of them were from Cranford. We do a lot of things for the school. And we're looking for the school to help us by providing kids who would like to help us in volunteering. We're in the process of working that out with the superintendent schools. Dr. Carrick is uh, working with us now on setting up clubs in two of the schools. And those clubs, I hope, will end up being a feeder into the high school where we can get these kids an opportunity to work in the area of broadcast communications. 
Cranford's very fortunate. We've got nine communities on Comcast and a total of, I think, it's 32 communities on Fios. Talking about volunteers, you have two people who work here part-time, but there are opportunities not just for students but for people in the community to volunteer as well. Tell me a little bit about what opportunities there are and how people would go about volunteering. First, you've got to remember the actual uh, studio runs 24-7. During the day, it's tough to get people. All the older volunteers are working, and all the younger ones that are in school, the ones that could come down and help us. So during the day, we could be doing things in here, but it's the one-man show kind of thing. We were looking for senior citizens, people who have just retired, who want to get active and participate in this thing. They would come down here, say they're interested. They could come down for training. We'd train them on camera. We'd train them on audio. We'd train them on lighting, make them part of the crew. And they tell us when they're available. We do not go out calling people, come, come, come. If you're available, you look at the board, and you pick the events that you'd like to do. We don't harass you. That's one thing I've never done. But I think young people are the best to come in solely because it gives them an opportunity to work in a broadcast situation with state-of-the-art equipment. And if they want to get into this trade, there's no better place to learn. People who do want to get involved, they can click the link that will be part of this interview for TV35. That will bring you right to TV35's page. Ed, thank you so much. We appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. 